Hi everybody and welcome to the CDO Magazine interview series. I am Caroline Crothers with Crothers and Jackson and today I have the absolute pleasure of talking with Lana Feng and Greg Costello who both work at Human AI. So welcome. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much. Looking forward to it. So um, we've had the pleasure of actually talking before so I can't wait to everybody else hear the wonderful things that you're doing. But before we dive into human AI, can we just know a little bit more about you? So Lana, can I ask you first, give us a little bit of background about how you've got to where you are now? Great. It's an unconventional journey for sure. So um, I came from a family of physicians. So um, my parents always wanted me to become a doctor and go into med school and what have you. And I was being the sort of the young, foolish self and said, no, I wanted to do stuff at scale. So I ended up going to grad school and getting a PhD and went into kind of biomedical research. So I'm always really being kind of uh, very entrepreneur. So being an entrepreneur, building new businesses within a larger entity. So before founding Human AI, I was hired to build a pharma business at a company called Genoptics. Um, is a leader in kind of testing bone marrows for um, for um, human malignancy in patients. So grew that business from zero to $45 million in four years. And wow. the re- that was the reason Novartis bought the whole company for half a billion dollars. So that's kind of my journey into global pharma. <laughs> really enjoyed the experience at Novartis Oncology Business Unit. That was also the golden age for Novartis at the time. So, um, but really running into challenge that how do we um, kind of leverage data, right, to get better answers out of the data as a um, subject matter expert? So really kind of trying to fill that gap using human AI, AI and natural language processing to kind of empower SMEs like myself to become data scientists so that data scientists can focus on more complex stuff like building models and do complex analysis. Sounds good. good. Greg, can you follow that one? Yeah, I'll, I'll do my best. Uh, there is some commonality, although my background is all technology, really complement Alana's. I also come from a family of physicians and healthcare practitioners. Um, I own the black sheep. I decided to go into the tech world, um, but now we've all come full circle and I'm back into the healthcare arena. So uh, my background, I started off as a software engineer at Apple. I uh, was the CTO for a public company. Uh, I've been, um, I worked on the core engine that was known as Firefox. Uh, and so, and I've worked, built large scale SaaS platforms used by organizations like ESP, ESPN, Cisco, Disney, and NASA. I really wanted to combine my, my enterprise background and working with data, been working with large data since the late nineties with my consumer background and really help the people who need to get answers easily get those answers without having to be technical like myself. Well, there's an awful lot of skills between the two of you there, but like feel a little bit like I'm not worthy. But we can carry on with the interview. <laughs> so, what inspired you to create uh, Human AI? Lana, so maybe yes, it's m- maybe my experience, right? Like I mentioned, being a domain expert at um, Novartis, right? We went from Genoptics, we supported fifty trials to three hundred trials, right? So, um, particularly, you know, my background in precision medicine and Novartis at the time was a leader in basically targeted therapy for cancer. So, um. So data, data accuracy is really important. And then I had to wait two to three weeks to get a single answer out of my data. And accuracy is really critical. For example, if a gene mutation has a 10% prevalence, that means I need to screen 1,000 lung cancer patients to get to 100. 
But then if the prevalence, we make a mistake, that prevalence is 1%, that means I have to screen 10,000 lung cancer patients to get to that 100. That trial will fail for sure, right? So that kind of really illustrates the importance of accuracy of the data. So as a SME, I know the questions, I know my data, I know the questions I want to answer out of data, but I don't know how to write SQL queries. So it's very much that kind of, can we build? And of course, at the time, we have Siri, of course, you know, we have Google and Alexa just came, you know, become really kind of a household. Everyone has an Alexa, right? It's a, can we leverage those consumer capabilities in technology to kind of empower um, um, domain experts to become their own data scientists. That's really so that we can accelerate drug development, right? That's kind of the our mission. That's kind of the central theme. So Greg's background makes perfect sense. As you guys I was going to say, Greg, this is where your black sheep of the family background really just come to help. Doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I was very interested in this field for a long time. Uh, but the technology just wasn't there. And then the, the seminal article came out, Attention's All You Need, which talked about sort of where modern AI could go. And of course, that changed the entire industry. So when I came out, I got together with Lon and said, I, this is the time to do this. Um, and so that's how we formed a company. Sounds absolutely amazing. I'm sure there'll be a lot of reasons for why people will be very glad you have. But before, before we get into it, I think it's probably worth mentioning, everybody's talking about generative AI at the moment. I mean, oh boy, did you you know, you're riding the wave before everybody else did. So that's incredible. But it's getting a lot of negative press as well. Are you seeing that as well? Yeah, so so we certainly see the press. In fact, I actually uh, wrote an, uh, a bit of an article about hallucinations. So I, I think the negative press, there's some truth in that. But of course, there's some hyperbole as well. Um, I think for us, what we did is we assume there, there's a saying Lon always has, like assume failure. And so therefore, you have to work around the failures and issues of generative AI. At the same time, generative AI is able to give us answers we could never get before. Um, and it understands the way humans think, of course, because it's trained on human data. And so when you think about the complexity that goes on in healthcare data, especially around all this unstructured data, having that understanding of the field is how we apply it. But we don't rely on the answers in the data. That comes from the data itself. Mm. No, that makes perfect sense. Lana, do you want to add to that? Or I've got another question about AI for good for you as well. Great. You know, artificial intelligence, right? It just grabs so much attention. And then, you know, um, ChatGPT, what garnered a million users in five days. I think now six months into this, six, seven months into this week, um, they have like a billion users, right? I've never seen... Um, an AI technology or technology period is such fast adoption. So it's changing our, our, our lives as we speak, right? So as a life science um, pr practitioner, I think what we approached um, generative AI very cautiously. And, uh, you know, we were lucky enough to kind of being able to um, work with OpenAI, access those models a year ago. And on our first thing, we basically said it has to be private. It has to be secure. And it has to be able to analyze our client's private data. And it mm -hmm. has to be accurate, right? We have to solve a hallucination problem. And it has to be transparent. The generated con uh, content has to be traceable back to your original data. So yeah. that's kind of really kind of our guiding principle for building a generative AI platform for this domain, right? Um, so, so that so far is like, you know, we're definitely on the right track, just seeing the um, client's response to, to this approach. So what kind of examples would you give people who are listening that, you know, the problems that your your solution solves? 
Okay, great question. Um, so um, life sciences, right? We are in, you know, developing drugs for, for patients and, and, you know, it used to be like pretty sleepy, right? We don't get a lot of publicity until COVID. And then also COVID showed us you can bring a new medicine to market in like three, four years, right? Rather than the 10-year, $2.3 billion price tag and timeline. So um, the challenge really is we have all this data, right? And the, the challenge is that we can't make those data to, for good use. And that's because first is data is highly complex, right? We're talking about a highly regulated industry. We're talking about patient data. We're talking about, you know, um, you know, HCPs interactions, right? How do they see drug? We're running more importantly, clinical trials. So um, highly complex. And also they're in different data systems. Some of our clients have over a hundred different data systems that don't talk to each other. And more importantly, lastly, is this 80% of the healthcare life sciences data is what we would call unstructured. They're documents, they are free text, even in tabular data sets. So um, basically the industry heavily relying on experts like myself manually curating the data. Um, so um, for example, you know, if I, publications everyone uses, right? From research to medical teams and even commercial and post-market. So, you know, there's 35 million publications in PubMed, right? You put in keywords, it surfaces like 100 papers, you have to read them literally one at a time, right? Our solution, not only be able to, from the 35 million articles, using the traditional NLP transformers to surface the relevant um, publications, and then use generative AI to give you that higher level summaries or key takeaways, and then bring in the citation so that experts can kind of verify to, to see whether those generated key takeaways are valid and accurate. You can just imagine the amount of time that that saves some very smart people and gets them to the answer, you know, helps them move through the more mundane things, the really smart things. Incredible. Absolutely. Yeah, we actually have return on investment studies. I'm showing that clients basically went from time to value from months to answer those key questions from publications to minutes. You can't. You can't. <laughs> pretty exciting. Yeah, that's incredibly <laughs> exciting. Absolutely exciting. So, I mean, because that fits wonderfully into the whole AI for good, because I know we've talked about the challenges, but, you know, for me, I'm a glass half full kind of person. I like to focus on the positive. And I do think that AI can be used as a game changer for moving us forward. And it's this kind of technology that I think fits perfectly into that camp. We so, absolutely agree with you. I mean, I think the, 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 the other thing, too, is we always include the human intelligence at every step of the way. And this final output that Lana was talking about is then reviewed and used by real human beings, physicians and scientists uh, to analyze the data. So it's, it's a, a huge accelerator for them, but it never leaves humans out of the loop. I love that. I, I sometimes talk about this idea that we really should be using data as some kind of fantastic mountain or hill, and it just allows us to see further from it. I That's that great. Yeah. Just so to add to what Greg said, sorry, Carolyn, um, no, AI for good, right? We're really seeing this, how we can help these life sciences companies to um, bring life-saving drugs to market faster, right? Mm -hmm. So we're seeing, I like to say, you know, AI is not going to replace you. It's actually experts, people who use AI will replace you, right? We very much see this as a kind of a tool as, uh, to be able to empower experts, right? Just the, even ChatGPT, you can see if you understand the problem better, you ask the question better, give it context and give examples, you get better answers, right? And then to see like, you know, OpenAI is not now going to focus more on enterprise applications and then using like chat, 
ChatGPT is on, there is going to be their only consumer product. You really see that the industry is moving. Say, how can we leverage this really powerful platform to solve real world problems? And it's moving so fast, isn't it? Which is, I, I think, amazing. What are the, some of the challenges that you faced in getting to where you are with, you know, getting the solution out, getting it with your customers? Uh, Lana, can you start? What kind of challenges have you sort of faced from your side that um, you've had to overcome? I want to say trust is probably the biggest thing, mm. right? Is that, um, you know, AI, like, do I trust this? Do I trust my data with it, right? Is humor going to basically, we don't do this, but it's like, are you just going to basically put my data into ChatGPT, right? And then, the, then, of course, hallucination are the generated content. The generated content, is it accurate, right? Can I verify it? I think this is all goes into kind of trust. That's the first thing, right? And I think there is a lot of fear about, is it going to take away our, um, my job? So no. that that basically that education piece, right? And then what we just said, AI for good, we're actually empower you to free you up to do more kind of high value expert stuff rather than doing manual curation of your data. And then I think lastly, we're seeing is that, um, you, know, um, you know, build versus buy. There's a lot of, um, 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 this very much has become a kind of a C-suite um, salute, um, spy or, or discussion, right? Great, we're talking with the CDO magazine. At the C-level, everyone's company need, basically they say, we need a generative AI position as first and foremost thing. And second thing is that, what are the use cases that we can leverage generative AI, right? And then thirdly, more important, can we bring value within the next six months, that is this year, right? So uh, you can kind of sense that sense of urgency and then also how do, do, do we do this? It was, it was extremely fortuitous that um, that we came when we did, you know, timing is everything. For a long time, we had to convince people that an NLP, natural language processing interface was the right thing. Then lo and behold, ChatGPT takes off and everybody wants that solution. So well, some of the barriers we had, I, I think are eliminated. But I'd like to get back to what Lana was also saying, and I think she sort of built this into the company in the way of thinking. In technology, we sort of have a say, we move fast and break things, but that does not work in science. And so as part of this, we built in verification, validation, and transparency from day one. And I think that really helped us. I think the more we put that as part of the platform where our end users could see exactly what's going on behind the scenes, essentially, essentially what's happening every step of the way, I think that helped alleviate their, a lot of their concerns. Um, I think for anybody who's sort of venturing into this, I think everyone's going to have that. Maybe not as deeply as life sciences, but if you're trusting a financial decision or some other decision, you want to know how the system came up with the answer and to be able to trace it back. Thank you, Lana. Thank you, Greg, for joining me today. I massively appreciated it and I thoroughly enjoyed talking to you. And for everybody else, please visit cgomagazine.tech for additional in interviews of which there are many and fascinating. So thank you all. Goodbye. Thank, thank you. you so much. Bye. Bye.